with the head coach of the Fighting Oysters of Inept Tech, the coaching legend in his own mind, the one and only Coach Art Turf. Think of it already, February 2nd. It's 9.05. Good morning, folks. Welcome to the party line. As you've probably noticed, CBS News has not been a part of our uh, our sound regularly each hour for the last day or two. And uh, ABC is also having problems. ABC Radio, CBS Radio. They use a service called Skywave, and Skywave got hacked. And uh, they're trying to work on everything to, um, well, you know, make it work again, right? Simply stated. Anyway, uh, Liz is here. Good morning. Good morning. Yeah. I'm very interested in the CBS issue that we're having. Well, I I received about six different emails yesterday from CBS management and so on talking about options that stations had to um, try to get some of their information on the air but um, they're complicated of course <laughs> so oh, we're live broadcasters we could do the news in the meantime we're just hoping that um, sometime here in the next few hours it gets resolved oh yeah that's soon right sure. on Get a little closer to your mic there. Hello. Do you notice I'm wearing my my robe today? Skate jam. <laughs> There's oh. a local fundraiser, but I'm wearing my big fuzzy robe. Oh, okay. Well, it looks warm. It is. I'll bet that's why. And speaking of that, it is uh, currently 23 degrees outside here on Columbus Road. Probably very similar wherever you're living. And uh, they say it will get up to 41 today. Now, tomorrow they say the high is going to be 22. The low, 7. Wow. That's Friday we're talking about. Saturday, 42 the high. Sunday, 53. Monday, 50. And so on and so forth. Oh, Tuesday, 61. I know, right? I was looking at that. Yeah, well, it is what it is. Uh, Punxsutawney Phil said six more weeks of winter, though. Oh, yes. So, let's see. That happened uh, yesterday? Well, this morning, This right? morning, was it? I don't know. Today is Groundhog Day. Oh, today is. Okay. And uh, so, let's see. That happens over in Pennsylvania, I think. Yeah, yeah. I think there is, like, there's a groundhog for every state or you know more states i guess but the best one known right but the most famous groundhog of them all is, is punxsutawney phil and he bit the mayor once that was pretty he funny he bit the mayor oh you haven't seen the video of punxsutawney phil biting the mayor's ear <laughs> <laughs> no i haven't it's pretty good did he uh, bring blood uh, i'm not sure i okay. don't think so okay well 
Anyway, so it happened this morning, and what was it? Uh, he saw his shadow, which means six six more weeks of winter for us. Oh, dear. Yeah. All right. Well, um, you know, I, I like winter, but if it's going to be wintertime, I want snow and skiing and all of that stuff. Agreed. And not just cold temp. Um, and the same is true for summer. When If it's summertime, I want it to be hot and yes. sunny and all of that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let's see here. Let's do our normal things um, on this day in history. Um, 19, I'm sorry, not 19, rather 1653 on this date, New Amsterdam becomes a city. What's the day, what's it known as today? New Amsterdam? Yeah. Just New Amsterdam? No. What is it known as? New York City. Wait, what? Where, what happened to New Amsterdam? Is it just gone? It's New York City before it became named that was known as New Amsterdam. Oh. So do we have a New Amsterdam still? I, I don't know. <laughs> Let me see. But uh, that uh, New York City named... Uh, well, no. Uh, 1963 is when New Amsterdam becomes a city. And then see if you can find what year it changed to being called New York. All right, we'll go on and then come back to this. In 1848, on this date, the Treaty of Guadalupe Hidalgo ends the Mexican-American War. Out of that, the U.S. acquires Texas, California, New Mexico, Arizona, each for $15 million. No, no, that's not right. They... They acquired all of those for the singular price of $15 million. Wow, pretty cheap. But not in 1848. That would be quite a bit of money. All right. Uh, New York was founded in 1624, by the way. Okay, now we're in conflict here. Yeah? In 1653, New Amsterdam becomes a city, later renamed New York. Hmm. And you have a date earlier, 1630-something. This is from the National Geographic Kids website, too. Well, what do kids know? (laughs) You know... Go, let's let's uh, keep digging in that one. Uh, well, I'll do that. When did you say it was? 1650? 1653. They say New Amsterdam becomes a city. And it was later named New York. Okay. Oh, going on. In 1901 on this date, Queen Victoria's funeral takes place in St. George's Chapel, Windsor Castle, England. Well, we have a car nearby whose alarm has gone off. All right, I've got something. The Dutch reclaimed the area briefly in 6073 and named it New Orange. By 1664, however, the English were back in control, and it has been New York ever since. (sighs) 
Well, somebody's wrong here. <laughs> I don't know who. We'll just let it go. All right. Sorry, New York. But I do recall that um, New York had been also named New Amsterdam at one point. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's see here. 1922, James Joyce's Ulysses, first published by Sylvia Beach in Paris. And uh, that first publishment consisted of 1,000 copies. Ulysses. 1943, the German 6th Army surrenders after the Battle of Stalingrad in a major turning point in the Europe for a major turning point in Europe during World War II. I should say so. 1971, Idi Amin ousts Milton Oboti and appoints himself president, well, really, dictator of Uganda. So, we still haven't figured out New Amsterdam, but that's all right. Famous birthdays. Here's where I need your help. Although not so much with this first one. Farrah Fawcett. Oh. Born in, uh, on this date in 1947. She passed in 2009. She was sharp. Her, um, the style of her hair is, is coming back in fashion. Um... I shouldn't ask for this on the radio. Got a picture? Farrah Fawcett here? Yeah. Let's see. Because it's not fair to our audience. They can't see it. It's kind of uh, like a like a, a curly uh, shag in a way. It's it's less than yeah, a mullet. Okay, I remember now. And I love it. Yeah, I like it too. Wonderful. Another famous birthday. Born on this date in 1882. Died in 1941. It's the name James... Joyce. And that's familiar to me, but I don't know why. Well, he was an Irish novelist. Let's see if I can't figure out something that he's written. Irish novelist. Let's see. Oh, well. Portrait of a Young Artist. Okay. I'm familiar with that Seems one. Seems like that's his top one. We've also got... Finnegan's Wake, Ulysses, and Dubliners. Dubliners. <laughs> George Hallas, H-A-L-A-S. Born on this date in 1895, died in 1983. Football player. Yeah. Rather good one, too. Um, f- celebrating her 46th birthday t- today is that of Shakira. Shakira is um, has escaped the cold grasp of prison recently. Uh, she was suspected of committing tax fraud, mm. and then I think they realized that she's a millionaire. She doesn't do her own taxes, so I think she uh, got away from that one. Just last year, around this time, she was attacked by a boar. A wild boar. A wild boar. Okay, it could be also a boring. Uh um, writer or something. That's, that's <laughs> <Anyway>. true. 
<coughs> excuse me, two famous deaths to bring up. Uh, first is Dmitry uh, Mendeleev, M-E-N-D-E-L-E-E-V. He was born in 1834, but died on this date in 1907. This guy looks crazy. It's crazy, does It's because he? he's a chemist, though. That would explain it. Oh, the, all Russian, those chemistry guys. <laughs> a look. Russian chemist at that. Okay, but um, what was he? What was his uh, notoriety besides being a chemist? It, was there something in particular he discovered? Yeah, um, pretty huge. He is best known for formulating the periodic law and creating a version of the periodic table of elements. Okay, that would do it. That would do it. And the second and final um, uh, one we have to mention, uh, once again, this is a famous death. Sid Vicious. Oh, man. He born in 1957, died in 1979. Now, you, you, your reaction tells me you know of this person. Yeah, I literally, uh, I, this anniversary is one that's just stuck in my head. Uh, I, I watched this documentary last night. I try to every year or so. Um, you might know him best from the Sex Pistols. Um, his stage name was Sid Vicious. His name was uh, Simon Ritchie. And he had a very, very tragic relationship uh, with a woman that is a very, very interesting story if you want to look into it. There's a few great documentaries on it, but it's it's pretty sad. And You know, I... This may sound awful, but I prefer to concentrate on good stories. <laughs> you know? I can't just, say I agree. You, that you... You cannot say you agree? No, I'm a sucker for a good, sad story. Okay. Mmm, good coffee this morning. All righty. Well, let's uh, turn our attention to some news items. Um, in the need-to-know category, it says the Fed slows rate hikes. The Federal Reserve yesterday slowed its pace of interest rates, um, raises, and, and what they slowed it to was a quarter of 1%. That's the lowest increase since March of last year. The move brings the benchmark federal funds rate to a range of 4.5 to 4 and 3 quarters percent which is still the highest since 2007. The rate typically affects borrowing costs for businesses and consumers. Well, the hike is the Federal Open Market Committee's eighth consecutive raise and comes as U.S. inflation continues to decline from a June high of 9.1% to December's 6 0.5%. Further, quarter-point hikes are expected in March and May. Unemployment, which tends to rise as the Fed rates uh, as the Fed raises rates, remains at a historic low of 3.5%. While job openings increased by 600,000 to 11 million in December. 
Well, the move came a day after the International Monetary Fund, the IMF, um, upgraded its outlook on global economic growth to an annual rate of 2.9%. That's up from 2.7% just uh, in October. Okay, what's another story? I'm sure you've heard about this. But I thought I had heard about it before. Tampa Bay quarterback Tom Brady announced his retirement yesterday, (laughs) stating the decision to walk away from the game is for good. This time. The move comes a year after the 45-year-old Brady retired for the first time. Before changing his mind and rejoining the Buccaneers for the 2022 season, the future of the Hall of Famer owns. Um, uh, I'm sorry, the future Hall of Famer owns records for the most career touchdowns. You want to guess how many? Uh, in his whole career? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Uh, it's not a fair question. <laughs> 584. 649. Wow. The most passing yards, that figure is 89,214. Wow. And the most wins, 251. Wow. Okay, and yet here's another. The most playoff wins. 35. Is he per- perhaps the, well, now he's retired, but before that, was he the o- the oldest? Is you know, I'm not sure, but let's see if it... How old was he? If You said 50-something? Did I say? Let's see here. Um, I don't... Well, 45. 45. Yeah. Okay. Tom Brady at 45, the oldest NFL player for the 2022 season. Yeah, but is he have other players gone on beyond 45? That's what I thought you were asking. Yeah, I guess that is what I'm asking. I just don't know how to how to word it. Who Well, let's go on with the story and and you kind of dig in and see what you find there, but it goes on to say um He played in 10 Super Bowls, winning seven, the first six of which were with the New England Patriots. Um, Here's a new paragraph here. Brady's final season fell short of the lofty standard set by his career, with Tampa Bay losing to the Dallas Cowboys in the wild card round of the playoffs. Separately, Brady and Giselle Bunchen finalized a divorce after 13 years of marriage. They did that in October. Well, you know, I see him on a number of TV shows. Uh, Not in a football role. You know, like he's... um, 
Well, there was one, I think he even moderated uh, the show, and another one where he was a, um, a contestant in some sort of game show. Interesting. Stuff like that. He certainly has a great personality. Yeah. Okay, Puxatani. Um, we already had it spoiled for us here. <laughs> Can I interject real quick? Yeah. George Blonda, uh, 48 years old, quarterback kicker, that oldest. Okay. So Tom Brady, 45, but there was one older. 48. Anyway, Mr. Mr. Punxsutawney. Yeah. So the nation, of course, has a turned, has its attention has a, has a, the nation's attention turns to western Pennsylvania this morning to watch the country's most famous groundhog. And as we've already pointed out, Puxatani Phil. And he will come out of, um, what did he come, he comes out of some sort of hole or something. Yeah, they, I, I, well, you know, I think they put him in the hole and then the crowd gathers and yeah. then he comes out of the hole. <laughs> it's something like that. Yes. <coughs> so, um, somehow or other, he's prodded to get out of the hole after the sun has shone, or not. I mean, once it's daytime, let's put it that way. And um, if he sees, if, if he casts a shadow as he exits that hole, um, they say then winter's going to last a bit longer. If he doesn't, it's going to be over sooner. Well, the slumberous whistle pig uh, will join his top-hatted crew to see whether he'll spot his shadow. And once again, for telling six more weeks of winter, or relax a bit with his admiring fans predicting an early spring. Now, what is his accuracy rate? You know, that's a really... I've got it. I've oh, got you it. do? Yeah. I know that for years now he's predicted early springs, right? Well, no, what I'm getting at is that Phil is right about 40% of the time. How about that? Or an impressive 60% if you flip the somewhat arbitrary rules. <laughs> I don't understand that, but <laughs> that's okay. The ceremony was originally conceived by a local newspaper editor back in 1887, but has its roots in Eastern European celebrations of the midway between the winter uh, solstice and spring equinox. Candlemas Day. And also um, falls on the lesser-known Christian holiday, as you just said, Candlemas. Final paragraph here, historical accounts suggest farmers used the appearance of the hibernating mammals to signal spring. In reality, science suggests the salacious marmot appears to check for mates. Doesn't care about the sun on her own. <laughs> <laughs> and I believe they actually uh, used to use badgers, but we don't have badgers, so... Well, the, the badgers still exist. Oh, I mean, like, 
in in our region. Okay. okay. <laughs> in mm-hmm. like Germany, they'd use badger. I see. Here's an article. Um, well, I think this is more of an advertisement than anything. So we'll skip that. Um, but, but but what they were doing is advocating people retiring. Ah, yes. And um, But it's also uh, tied into a company that wants to help you with that planning. Well, it's a good time to advertise that uh, mm-hmm. with all the protests going on. I guess so. Well, Beyonce's Renaissance World Tour kicks off May 10th in Sweden and ends September 27th in New Orleans. Ooh, I'd love to go see Beyonce in New Orleans. It's a 47-date tour and is her first solo tour since 2016. The Women's World Cup. We're talking about... uh, Um, the 2023 Women's World Cup hosts Australia and New Zealand. Um, And it says it urges FIFA, FIFA, however you prefer, against signing sponsor deal with Saudi Tourism Authority pointing to women's rights restrictions that occur in Saudi Arabia. Yeah, that'd be a little itchy, wouldn't it? Sure would. Ozzy Osbourne. Oh, my gosh. I'm not ready for this one. 74. Announces retirement from touring amid health issues. Of course, Ozzy Osbourne, a British rocker. Gosh. he. Uh, I think he pretty much came out and said, um, I'm, I'm not with it enough to be doing this anymore which is i'm such a big aussie fan so that's oh that's one i'm definitely not ready for he's up there with meatloaf a related story says willie nelson missy elliott and cindy lauper headline the list of 2023's rock and roll hall of fame nominees all right what about science and technology it's nice having that extra 14 minutes to to chat. I mean, we miss CBS for sure, but... No, eight minutes, but... Is it eight? Well, it's it's, it's actually six. What am I saying? I, <laughs> I don't know where the eight came from. I don't know where 14 came from. Anyway, 9.31 right now, folks. And uh, once again, it's uh, February... Second. Second. Once again, I look on the wall, and whoever has been in here, uh, you know, I could flip this too, but you could. It's still saying January <laughs> on the calendar. All right, science and technology, Meta, Facebook, mm-hmm. and Instagram now too. Wins federal antitrust suit against its proposed acquisition of VR Studio within. This case focused on Meta's control of fitness-oriented VR apps. Um, This is where 
you do physical exercises, right? Yeah, yeah. And, um, okay. So they won their suit. Um, paleontologists discover the earliest known fossilized brain Ooh. in a backboned animal. It's 319 million years old. And the specimen reveals insights into the brain evolution of vertebrates. Vertebrates. Um, Do they have a name for the creature? Like, what are we looking at? They, they don't have one in this article. Interesting. Um, but you know the, this whole process of how they go about determining the age of something they discover like that is just really amazing i know about the dirt samples and then like dna um but other than that i i don't know a whole lot about paleontology and, and how you can tell the time from from bones here's another story analysis of artifacts reveals embalming recipes ancient egyptians used on specific body parts and the research came from the discovery of an embalming workshop in the Saqqara Necropolis. Well, we'll leave that be. Um, Tyree Nichols. Yeah. Funeral services held. He died last month after being arrested and beaten by Memphis, Tennessee police officers. What was his age again? Um, let me look into that. I, I know that he was very young. 20s, right? Uh, I want to say he was only like 19 even. Maybe so. But uh, in any case... Um, he was uh, 29. 29, okay. Um, he had been in a car, he was pulled out of the car, beaten by a variety of um, Memphis, Tennessee police officers, and so on. Incidentally, Vice President Kamala Harris was among the attendees for his funeral. Nikki Haley, former South Carolina governor, to formally launch his 2024 presidential run. He's supposed to do that on February 15th. Becoming the first Republican in the field to challenge Donald Trump. President Joe Biden and House Speaker Kevin McCarthy meet to discuss the U.S. debt ceiling, among other items today. And let's see here. Oh, boy. Yeah. Um, I can't do that right now. So let me hit that if I can. I'll just have to uh, <laughs> do that. This, this, our whole system's kind of goofed up at the moment. I'm yeah. sorry. But we'll get it fixed here today. Um, going on. Let's see, I lost my place. 
Oh, um, officials in Western Australia find a tiny radioactive capsule. I saw that. That went missing last month. And uh, we've talked about it a couple times uh, over the last week or so. So they, uh, did you see the video no. on it by chance? So everybody is on social media these days, as we know. This guy had found this capsule, no idea what it was, you know. He was uh, totally oblivious. And he opened it, and he's like, man, every time I open this capsule, he's like live streaming or something. He's like, every time I open this capsule, my camera gets all weird. <laughs> <laughs> And it turns so like this guy's probably been exposed to uh, some serious poisoning at this point. I would have to guess. Mercy. Yep. Well, the New York Times. Uh, we'll we'll go to that next. Um, American workers are getting smaller raises, counterintuitively. That may be good news for the economy and for hopes that the United States can vo avoid a recession. Um, the big question facing the economy right now is whether policymakers can bring down inflation without driving up unemployment and putting millions of people out of work. Well, some encouraging signs have emerged on that front lately. Inflation has moderately, uh, I'm sorry, inflation has moderated significantly over the past six months. Low, it remains too high. The job market has proved remarkably resilient despite high-profile layoffs in tech and in a few other sectors. Overall, unemployment remains at a half-century low. Data released by the Labor Department yesterday showed only a slight increase in layoffs in, de in December. But we'll be getting fresh data on unemployment tomorrow when the government releases its monthly jobs report. It's pretty crazy after, you know, Microsoft fired all those people. Well, they fired like 7% of their staff or something. Some, something like that, yeah. And then the CEO got a 7% raise the next day. But many economists, including policymakers at the Federal Reserve, have viewed those signs as prog progress warily. That's partly because they've been burned before, initially dismissing high inflation as temporary, only to see it prove more severe and last longer than almost anyone had anticipated. But it's also because of signs within the economic data that suggest inflation may persist. Chief among those, among those signs are wages, which have been rising much faster than they were before the pandemic. Federal officials have repeatedly argued that it will be hard for inflation to fall back to their long-term goal of, of um, 2%, as long as wages keep rising at a rate of 5% or more a year, as they have been since the middle of 2021. On Tuesday, however, there was a hopeful sign. So I assume they mean a week ago. 
Right. Okay, let's, let's see what this hopeful sign was. Wages in the private sector rose just 1% in the final three months of 2022, the equivalent of a 4.2% annual growth rate. Jerome Powell, the Fed chair, called the data constructive yesterday and applauded the evidence of moderating inflation even as he warned that both pay and prices were still rising faster than policymakers were comfortable with. Well, slower wage growth, slower inflation. You know, calling slower wage growth a hopeful sign might strike some readers as callous. And ordinary, faster pay increases are better for both workers and the economy as a whole. Indeed, one of the most persistent problems in the decade before the pandemic was that wages were rising too slowly. When that began to change in 2021, many progressives cheered it as evidence that the balance of economic power was, at least temporarily, shifting back toward workers. But it's important to remember that the late pandemic economy hasn't been particularly friendly to workers, despite their rapidly rising wages. That's because prices have been rising even faster. After adjusting for inflation, Hourly pay actually fell last year, meaning that workers, on average, saw their standard of living decline. Ultimately, what matters for workers and their family isn't wage growth in isolation. It is wage growth in relation to inflation. Well, duh. An economy with 4% wage growth and 2% inflation will be better for workers than one with 6% wage growth and 8% inflation. Simply, simply stated, if they're paying more, but things are costing even more, it just doesn't work, right? Well, Let's move on to avoiding job losses. To be clear, most economists don't think that wage growth is the primary reason that inflation has been high recently. And policymakers have said repeatedly that they see no evidence of a dreaded cycle in which pay and prices perceptually push each other higher. I'm sorry this is so complicated, but it's important. It is important. These same economists are policymakers, but they also think it will be hard to get inflation fully under control as long as wages keep increasing as fast as they have been. And that's especially true in the service sector, where workers' compensation accounts for a large share of companies' costs, and where profit margins are often thin. Hourly pay in restaurants, for example, is up nearly 25% over the past two years. 
you know, you drive around town and you see little um, signs on windows of restaurant offering jobs at fifteen dollars. Yeah, hour stuff something. stuff like that. Um, it is nearly up twenty five percent over the past two years. Few businesses can sustain that kind of rapid increase in labor costs without also raising prices for customers. Well, economists disagree on what it will take for wage growth to slow. One camp, led most prominently by a gentleman by the name of Lawrence Summers, who is the former Treasury Secretary, holds that only a sharp increase in unemployment is likely to cool off salaries and prices of goods and services. That view is based on classic economic models that assume fairly direct link between the job market and inflation. When unemployment is low, employers compete for workers by raising pay and then in turn must increase prices to cover the higher costs. It's business 101, folks. Other economists, however, argue that the world is more complicated. In the period before the pandemic, for example, the job market was strong, but inflation stayed low. In the 1970s, unemployment and inflation were both high. Isn't it possible that this period, when the economy and job market are adapting after three years of disruption and turmoil, will once again break the rules? Well, it's simply too soon to know. But the wage numbers released this week, in conjunction with other recent economic data, hold out the tantalizing possibility that the answer could be yes. If so, that's good news, suggesting that inflation could continue to fall without the wave of job losses and so many forecasters have been predicting. And we Americans have been fearing. All right. Well, I thought we could do something a little bit different this morning. And Liz, it's going to be a real thing for you. Oh, boy. Aren't you excited? I'm so excited. Okay, let me find my stuff here. He's breaking open the fanny pack. Things are getting serious. Where do, here it is. Okay. Um, let's, let's just, we'll try several different things here. Okay. This is entitled Weird Facts. Oh. In 1976, a Soviet pilot defected to Japan in his advanced MiG-25 fighter, which Russia demanded to be returned. Japan complied, but only allowing American engineers to examine the aircraft. Japan then shipped it back piece by piece and billed Russia $40,000 in transport and labor costs. You see, I think that's interesting. I, 
It's the airplane stuff for me. It goes, it flies right over my head. Okay. Well, here we're talking about a car. Oh, it's a car. No, this, no, no, no. This is a car. This next one. Okay. Um, I'm not real familiar with Rolls Royce, only that they're supposed to be fancy and expensive. But the Rolls Royce Phantom uses the leather of 15 to 18 bulls in each car. These are bulls that are raised in cold climates to prevent marks from insect bites. Interesting. I've never thought about that before. Cows are not used because they might have stretch marks from pregnancies. Aww. Stretch marks are in right now. Are they? Yeah. Okay. We're bringing them back. Um, yeah, that's that's crazy. That's a lot of cows for one car. I mean, I hope they use the, that meat, too. Uh, well, um, I'm, it doesn't say, of course, but I'm sure they do. You get a free bag of meat every time you buy a Rolls Royce. Okay, weird fact number 76. I have a thousand of them here. Eggs boiled in urine, the urine of young virgin boys, is considered a traditional delicacy in China. Interesting. Does Does it have a name, does it say? Like the name of the, of the dish, I, I guess. Uh, what I have here is a picture of um, looks like a giant tub, metallic tub, filled with filled with some sort of fluid which is amber in color, <laughs> and many many eggs. So once again, eggs boiled in the urine of young virgin boys is considered a traditional delicacy in China. Wow. You know <sighs> I'd like this segment. Okay, back in 2005 in Glendale, California, a suicidal man parked his car in front of a commuter train. The train derailed and collided with two additional trains, resulting in over 100 casualties. Oddly, the man survived and was sentenced to life without parole. Wow. And the picture here of the collision and everything is a real mess. Can I see it? Sure. But our audience can't. Oh, wow, yeah. Looks like out of a a movie, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You know what a sloth is? Like the animal? Yeah. Yeah. Two-toed, three-toed. A sloth's claws, and they're really weird, you know? Yeah, really long. Yeah. Work the opposite way that human hand does. Their default position is a tight grip, and they must exert effort to open them. Huh. This is why sloths don't fall out of trees when they're asleep. I guess that makes sense. Huh. Here's another odd one. It says there's a disease called exercise-induced anaphylaxis, which makes people allergic to exercise. 
I wonder what your body reacts to that makes it allergic, like the endorphins? I'm just pulling weird facts here. This is crazy. Oh, well, somebody listening says that their girlfriend has that. Yeah? Hmm. Hmm. Uh, I hope this one is... Uh Yeah, I guess we can do this. A young stripper named Shelley Bauman lost her leg in a freak confetti cannon accident. <laughs> she, shoot, she sued and used the money from the settlement to open Seattle's first gay bar, which she named Shelley's Leg. <laughs> that is amazing. I hope she has a documentary out there. Shelly's leg, huh? Yeah. We'll have to take a, a, a company trip, maybe. Well, we'll see what Alan has to say. <laughs> okay. Um, Vikings believed that a giant goat whose udders provide an endless supply of beer was waiting for them in Valhalla. Now, Valhalla is the Viking name for heaven. Yeah, it's like their nirvana. Uh, so there's a goat there. No, they're thinking there is. Well, they're, they're right. hoping, they're, they're right wishing. Yeah. I don't know. That, and it Whose bladder, an endless supply of beer. That is, that's pretty good. I'd like to believe in that. I'll subscribe to that. I don't know. Um... Let's see, you can actually donate your voice to help people with speech impairments so they can select a vocal identity of their own. Interesting. Okay, until 1936, Liechtenstein and Haiti were, uh, were unknowingly using the flame... I'm sorry. Palmer mispronounced something. Let's try it again. Until 1936, Liechtenstein and Haiti were unknowingly using the same flag. Oh. And they didn't find out until they competed against each other in the Olympics. That's really funny. The same flag. Yeah. Huh. Who had to change their flag, I wonder? I don't know. Maybe that's what they uh, could have competed for. Um, okay. Uh, do you have a favorite vegetable? Uh, yeah, I really like celery a lot. Okay, that is good, but it's certainly not my favorite. No, what's your favorite vegetable? Um, I would say corn or broccoli. Corn, technically not a vegetable. Is it? Right? I don't know. I think it's a starch. I might be, I might be totally wrong, though. Well, anyway, then <laughs> in that case, it'd certainly be broccoli. Okay, I like broccoli, all right. Okay, uh, what is the second favorite for me? Brussels sprouts. I love Brussels sprouts. Well, anyway, here we go. Brussels sprouts, cabbage, kale, broccoli, cauliflower, and kohlrabi are all selectively bred varieties of the same plant. They were each developed from the wild mustard plant. Yes, I like a lot of things that are grown under uh, the mustard category. A lot of charred greens. 
Um, let's see here. Huh. So you've heard of Ben and Jerry's? Yeah, the ice cream place. Mm-hmm. They actually have a graveyard where they bury all the discontinued flavors. Oh, I thought you were going to say all the cows. No. That's pretty cool. Where is it, does it say? No. I'd love to visit the Ben and Jerry's graveyard. Okay. Maryville. There's probably lots of them, but this particular one is in Arizona. Maryville, a town in Arizona, was supposedly terrorized for months back in 2014 by a group of chihuahuas running wild in the streets. Oh, my gosh. They scared children. They pooped everywhere. (laughs) They even had larger stray dogs be a part of their wild gang. That is so funny. Weird. I can't imagine the problem was solved in a very pretty manner. Um, You may have known this. Uh, Walt Disney planned his own city where everybody would be employed and be working for Disney in some way. They would all pay rent for the privilege of living there and always be insured the latest technology in their homes. Interesting. Yeah. The appendix. What's it what's it do? Nothing. Well, yeah, that's kind of my impression too, and yet we hear about it often. Yeah. The appendix does have a purpose. It stores samples of good bacteria oh. so they can repopulate your in your digestive system. Um in case they are entirely wiped out by diseases such as diarrhea. Is diarrhea disease? Well, it's an ailment anyway. Yeah, I guess you're right. Huh. Interesting stuff today. I like this weird segment. Well, um, it's not too often they can say that the party line is weird. but That's true. I'll be back tomorrow. We should do, we should do the, the weird segment again. I like it. Well... Or maybe I can find something else you like. That's true. But uh, in any case, we are short on time now. Uh, Folks, have a marvelous day. Um, Remember, uh, if you're tuning in to hear CBS, we hope sometime today to return it to our uh, schedules. But uh, presently, it's a nationwide issue, and ABC Radio also having trouble. In our 73rd year of serving Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. FM's. This is Fairhope Hospice Presents, sponsored by Fairhope Hospice and Palliative Care and the Pickering House, serving Fairfield, Hawking, Perry, and Athens counties. Hi, and welcome to Fairhope Hospice Presents. My name is Rick Schneider, 